0: Welcome to Infinity Rewatch, the podcast where we talk about Marvel movies and we say rewatch even though we've only seen this one once because we <laughs> didn't want to change the whole name of our show just to
1: accommodate things. Wait, what are you, crazy? I'm Andrew yeah. Fantasia. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Ryan J. Whitehead.
0: And we are talking today about a very special movie, a movie where a bunch of humans who are just trying to do the right thing and get a couple of, you know, uh, resources to help them out, uh, are beset upon by a bunch of strange blue fish people who attack them. We're talking Avatar, the Way of Water. We got to see an advanced screening <laughs> and it was exactly as good as we all thought it was.
1: Oh, man. You know, it's. <laughs> I actually was wondering where you were going with it, and then you took me there. You took me to. I, which, you know, how long is too long for a sequel to come out? You know, that's my little thing on it. You know, especially when it's like a direct sequel. Like, I don't know. You look at Bill and Ted's and, you know, the the, the last one they got. And it took many years to complete it and make it a trilogy. I get that. That's fine. It, it, it's kind of this age old thing. But Avatar is pretty new. And it took this long for a sequel. This better be a game-changing sequel.
0: Yeah, this is, this weight is going to be... like I've been feeling this weight. I'm an Avatar fan. I've been feeling the weight, so I want... Uh, there's, there's probably going to be a level of disappointment. I think everybody's going to walk <laughs> out of that movie feeling like... <laughs> I liked 12 things, but there was 8 things where I'm like, why did I wait for that for 13 years? Exactly. Um, I feel like that's bound to happen. I think the longest time between a movie and its sequel is Bambi and Bambi Two. I think it's something like eighty-one years, just nah. something bananas like that. Because you know, <laughs> the, the world was clamoring in two thousand and nine for a Bambi sequel, so Disney finally delivered. Um, but I, I think that's how long James Cameron said we have to wait for Avatar Three. So.
1: I don't know if I can wait that long. <laughs> I'll see it, but I don't know if I wait that long. But what we really watched was Wakanda Forever. And, you know, let's kick off with the beginning. Now, some background, actually. Let's kick off with some background. About this. <laughs> First of all, this script was given to Chadwick. Uh, it was ready to go uh, right after, I think it was shortly after Endgame. So this script was done. And then, unfortunately, Chadwick passed away. Uh, due to his battle with cancer, uh, prostate cancer, I believe it was, and um, and so you know, fast forward to this movie. Now, this movie, it's I, I watched a reviewer and he brought up an interesting point. This movie didn't need to be made. It, it could have they could have been like, you know what? Got Black Panther out there, we did it, uh, you know, and that's and that's it. But you can tell. And I totally agree with this reviewer. You can tell that this movie, um, everyone was like fully on board and super passionate about making it. Like it needed to be made, and they they made it feel like it needed to be made. And there are some performances in this this movie that just just take it to a whole new level of like committing to committing to this world. And 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 that's where I, I think it, it it really kicks off because. From the beginning of this movie all the way through, they invite the viewers in to be a part of this, like a part of this world, and they let really let you take time with these characters. Like it's they kind of make you feel like you're walking around with these characters as they're going through their uh, events. It's it's really it's 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 an it, emotional experience.
0: Yeah, and it, you're right. It is a passion project. It's arguably the first passion project we've gotten since like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they just yeah. sort of said, we need to make this because we need to make this, not because yeah. Feige's spreadsheet said we needed
1: to make this. Yeah, it, that, and and that's exactly it. it. Is is like this? This movie does not feel like a studio forced film. And at first, I'd be like, no, none of those movies do. But there are some movies that's kind of like, okay, this was kind of you know pushed out there. But this movie, no, everyone was there for it, and this this is a big. Oh man, this is a big adventure. And it, and it's it's good too because it when you do that and it and make a character driven experience, you know, that you don't have to have action all the time. And this movie proved that. Like I was entertained through and through. And I love action movies as much as the next AD, ADD character, but let me tell you, this movie when action happens, it is pure glorious. Like it is like like WrestleMania you know, epic superhero battles. and But this movie takes its time, and it, it's really good. It is a really good film. Uh,
0: taking its time is one of the things I love about this movie because this is a long movie, Ryan. It's a long burn. It's a long burn, but I love that. And I wanted to um, uh, reference our uh, Phase 4 runtime guesses Let's see how close we came. I think
1: I went way overboard on this one. I'm pretty sure I did.
0: Mm, We were both. What what do you think you guessed?
1: I'm going to say three hours. (laughs) You did not guess three hours. Um, You
0: guessed two hours and 16 minutes. Oh. And I also undershot it by quite a bit. I guessed two hours, 22 minutes.
1: Well, by price's right rules, you would be the the winner.
0: <laughs> yeah, we both we both underestimated the power of what Ryan Kubler wanted to do. so mm-hmm. I'm glad it turned out to be much longer than that. So far, you are still the king of guessing runtime, sir. You are the closest on one, two, three, four out of six.
1: Boom. Yeah, but you're catching up now. I'm on. I'm on a downward trend right now, so that's that's <laughs> not a good sign.
0: Ah, uh, we'll see what happens with with quantum uh, quantum mania. We both guess the same thing for quantum mania, so we're, <laughs> we're so
1: it's either it's either I redeem myself and tie it, or, <laughs> uh, or something uh, catastrophic happens. Uh, or we both guess both two wrong. ten, or we're both wrong. Be I don't think they've revealed the runtime for it, have they? Not yet. No, it might be too soon. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But I think our guess of 210 is pretty. I think that's not you know outside the realm of possibility. Those movies, the first two were shorter, but this one's kind of got a lot going on under the hood. So,
1: mm-hmm. and and so going back to the background of this film, the other interesting thing that we even talked about on our on our previous episode was the name of this movie, which was Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Now. I, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong, we were kind of on the side of like I don't think it needs that that kind of name. Like this is like a when you're ending a trilogy or ending a saga then you do like a Wakanda forever kind of name. Yeah. Um, and when you see this film, it's kind of fitting. It definitely, the theme fits the title. Um, the interesting thing was it was actually uh, going to be, based on what I read, it was actually going to be more about like uh, it was going to be like rise or something but it was it was the title had more to do with with the uh the uh, antagonist of this film who who i love so much um but it was going to be more about him but then they realized like no this is this is a story about wakanda it's not about the like namor or sorry uh yeah namor mm-hmm. uh it's not about namor it's about wakanda so like you can't name the title all about the antagonist in in the sense that they knew they wanted to keep it on the Wakanda side.
0: Yeah. and I'm, I'm still in the camp that uh, this is just me because I'm super old fashioned. I still uh, pine for the days when this movie was called Black Panther 2 with a big old Roman numeral because that's what I like to see. Um, I think, though... Now that I've seen the film, I feel like an even more appropriate title than the one they chose would just be Black Panther Forever. Because that ends up being the point. Mm. You can can kill the man, um, but there's just this tradition of having this hero as part of the culture of Wakanda and they lose sight of that for a bit, but once they bring it back, they realize how important it was to them to have a Black Panther. And it sounds like from now on they're going to make sure that they always do, thanks to what Shuri does. So that sounds like it would have been a little bit of a better title for me, but I still just prefer a good old fashioned Black Panther Two, Cold yeah. in the Wave Water. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I, I like that actually. I would have, I would even liked the war, the war on Wakanda. Like, that would have been a really cool name as well. Uh, because, essentially, that's what the movie is. Uh, it's a war on the contest. And so, the movie kicks off with, I think, one of the most interesting things. And we talked about it after the movie was done. But the movie... And so, this is where we get into spoiler territory. you have been warned. We're going into the the spoiler. We're going to
0: spoil Avatar 1, folks.
1: Yep. We're going in deep into it. Uh, about, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny how we talk about Avatar because it's kind of related in the way. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so okay, spoiler warning, 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 warning. You've been warned. Okay, so the movie kicks off with Shuri trying to save, uh, uh, trying to save T'Challa. No and... Spoilers! I
0: haven't seen it yet,
1: dude. <laughs> you've been warned. You've been <laughs> Um, so, okay. So, but, and also, I have to say that the dust, the opening weekend dust has been settled. You know, it's past opening weekend, even past cheap movie night to go see it. So, if you haven't, mm. if you're a fan and you haven't seen it at that point, at this point, if you're watching us and you haven't seen it yet, that means you don't care about spoilers and you just want to hear what we have to say, which we love and we thank you for that. Indeed. Um, By the way, highest
0: grossing November movie of all time so yes
1: 180 million opening weekend that's damn, ooh, damn. Mm-hmm. uh
0: yeah
1: that's really good but okay so yeah the movie kicks off with her trying to save him and i thought that was really interesting to still include him in the story and of course i mean of course they're going to do the honor him in in many ways and in, in which they do they honor chadwick in many ways um but but what i like what i do like is is that they did find a way I both liked it. And at the same time, I was wondering if they even needed it because, and I still debate that to myself. I do. I, do I argue what they did was wrong? No. I mean, I loved it. I still loved it regardless, but her trying to save them, you know, I thought that was just an interesting move overall. And, and I was wondering like, did they even need to do it? Like, could they not just like cut the scene to the point where she just like walks out of the operating room? Like you couldn't save them like kind of attitude and have her like, emotionally drag out that way.
0: Right. I, see, I don't know. I like what they did. I like this opening uh, opening shot because it was a, a long uh, shot. Um, but just the idea of Shuri being seeing herself as a failure. You know, we see she's a hard worker. We see everything that she's trying to do to save him in this point. And then it doesn't work. Uh, that carries her through the whole movie. That carries how she feels she is not confident at all in this movie until really until she gets to the point where she's got a spear to Namor's throat and she realizes this isn't who I am. Yeah. Uh, That's when she finally steps into herself and is like, Whoa, okay. I, I see what I have done. I see what I'm capable of. And I, I know where to draw a line now because up until that point, she's, uh, she's angry. She's resentful towards the world for what has happened to her brother. Um, you know, she entertains and flirts with the notion of like maybe we should just burn it all, right? So there, Shuri goes to a dark place, and I like that the movie takes us there. Whether it is very Empire Strikes Back in that way, it is very Act Two, uh, and I think that seeing her do her best in this operating room uh, gives us sort of insight of. Where the what kind of journey the movie's going to take us on? So I'm glad they included it. I'm glad that we got to see not necessarily specific because they just said disease, but we got to see um, a respectful, fitting explanation as to why Cachala is not around anymore. It's not like, uh, yeah. Oh, while you were blinking, he died. Like they, <laughs> they, they they gave it yeah. They gave it some meat. They they put some meat around the story. Um, I pers- In my own headcanon, I like to think that um, it comes from, you know, he got thrown off a waterfall by Killmonger and was pretty much dead. So even though the heart shaped herb brought him back, I like to think in my headcanon that, uh, like, maybe, you know, that just his body kind of shut down that day. So stuff happened and it snowballed and it led to this disease. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it's not just something that came out of nowhere like it it can kind of fit with what happened to him in the first movie does that make sense
1: it does i mean because like you're right don't get me wrong and i totally agree with it and it's funny because like i agree that the scene is still relevant like it, it does it has complete relevance and i'm just like wondering like but at the same time I, I wonder the opposite side and i think you're right in terms of your head canon i like how you explain that um uh, because maybe maybe they didn't have enough cuz they only had the one herb to save them in the first time so i don't maybe is there more herbs they need like you know what i mean like i don't know but there's there's ways to look at it but i agree with you it does set the the narrative of shuri's story throughout the whole movie and shuri does a uh uh latina does an amazing job like you really feel the the burden in which she bears of like failure and and losing like her like you know uh true north star essentially And where where do you go from there? Like, what do you do? You know? And and then we get a beautiful uh, funeral. It just, oh, my God. The the culture they explore in this film is, is, I mean, if you're going to, one thing if you're going to do in a sci-fi movie, if you're exploring culture, you need to explore culture. Like, you Mm. need to explore every view of it uh, and, like, how people interact with each other. And I mean, I love the 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 Wakanda salute and everything, and and yeah, and just the funeral scene is is just beautiful. And they they don't cut to anything; like you walk through the whole thing, and it's it's just an amazing journey. Um, and it's 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 beautiful. I mean, seeing them dancing and celebrating this person, it's it's uh, just an absolute sight to to behold.
0: Yeah, we needed that scene. I'm sure the actors needed that scene and they appreciated having it. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to give Disney any ideas cuz we know Disney Ryan, they will sell anything, but I got to <laughs> I got to admit if I had the means to purchase a Wakandan coffin for myself, I, I don't think I'd say no. Those are beautiful. That was a beautiful coffin.
1: It it is it is gorgeous. Um and it's it's oh my god yeah it's gorgeous coffin uh, for sure and it I mean it's again it, I just love the honor they did to chad uh, Chadwick and and also and also the character because like the, the two brought like the two brought this this character to life you know and the character from the comics and what Chadwick brought from the character from the comics and ah uh, like it, it it's uh, it's such an emotional scene like it's just you know the the actor and the character will be sorely missed because. You know it was it was it was a match made it was it was uh a match made since like you know like all these castings of marvel that you just now can't see the character any other way like right. i i will i i i encourage them to you know i encourage the mantle to be passed on absolutely but will i will i still cherish the memory that chadwick brought to this character absolutely like his like again he you know, ever since he donned the character, I I can't see anyone else. Like I just can't.
0: No, it's too hard now. It's like picturing somebody else playing Tony Stark. You just can't do that. And I mean, I'm sure the question has been asked before, but I would love to speculate and maybe one day hear from Ryan Coogler himself. Um, what would be different about this script had we not lost Chadwick? You know what? Mm-hmm. If, if Chadwick had just been like, okay, cool, let's do Black Panther two, and I'm fine. And they made this movie because um, from what you said, it was still about Namor. It was still about fellow cam coming up and everything. So what would they have done differently that would have, uh, you know, where would the plot have gone? Um, because mm. I think one of my favorite parts uh, or my favorite aspects of Wakanda Forever was something I wasn't really expecting, which is this cool kind of ensemble adventure uh, between Shuri, Okoye, and Makia. Uh, And just like the three of them hopping around the world, just doing stuff. That to me was so entertaining. I mean, you take those three, you throw M'Baku in the mix, you got a sitcom right there. Like I'll I'll watch those four do anything together. So Mm -hmm. obviously it wouldn't, uh, those four would not have been as prominent yeah, had we still had T'Challa, um, maybe Nakia because of the romance, they probably would have wanted to carry that over. But I'm really curious how uh, how different the movie would be because I ended up really finding a lot of strength and a lot of things to enjoy in the fact that we had these characters now front and center. Um, so I, I that was a great trade-off. They really uh, strengthened and built up the movie Rather than letting it fall apart without Chadwick being there,
1: yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I don't think there would have been a lot of changes to the story aside from, you know, I I don't know how T'Challa's story would have grown. I would that that I would definitely love to hear Ryan Coogler's um, story about like how T'Challa's growth would have been in that movie. Because again, I mean, if you leave, if you leave off from Black Panther, um, because you can't really count, you know, Infinity War in that story. Because even though they do, we do spend time with them in Wakanda. You know, he comes off of learning a lot from Killmonger. That's that's where he leave. You know, his his story arc. So in this movie, you know, it, like, is it would that be the continuation? Like, okay, he started his outreach program and. You know, like he's following up with Shuri about like how things are going out there. Have you met any interesting people like, you know, like Riri Williams? And then on top of that, you also have like then the other thing I would like is like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe his mother like sits with him and saying like, hey, you know, uh, we you have this kingdom. It's perfect. You know, we, it's it's great. You're doing a great job leading. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, something like she's kind of like preparing him for like, you know, one day I'm going to be gone too. And you're going to, you're not going to have me as your con- the council and all this stuff. So I don't know, there could be that kind of journey, but you know, I don't think there's too many changes in terms of like, I think name like Namor still comes in the same way uh, and, and still does the same things, which takes me to the perfect next step, which is, you know, the ship, uh, the tack of the, the tack of the ship with the Atlanteans or sorry, the uh, uh, Talukans, Um, and, uh, yeah, I think those events would have still played out the same way.
0: I think so. I think we would have gotten those same events. Um, and like, I love just how perfectly the dominoes were set up, um, in terms of, okay, T'Challa says at the end of his last movie, Hey world, we're going to share what we have because we have a lot. Um, and then next thing you see Infinity War happens. He gets caught up in that. He gets killed by Thanos. He comes back five years later, and then gets sick and dies. So it makes sense that the United Nations would be like, "Hey, where's where's that help you promised?" Yeah. Uh, because the, things got things happened. Thanos happened. You know, shit happens. UN. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to deal with purple men here. So. The fact that everybody was getting antsy for help from Wakanda, it created this cool pressure where Ramonda, rightfully so, is saying like, "I have not had a chance to grieve. I lost my son basically twice." Uh, we don't just—they did, did confirm if did Ramonda get snapped or did she live? Through a snap? I can't remember. I feel uh, like they gave us an answer.
1: I feel like they did. I don't remember to be honest. I would, I would, I would be talking on my butt if I All right guess so um but yeah i'm not sure but yeah
0: yeah but she was like a parent losing a child um and then losing him again after this giant war with this alien man so she's been a little busy but the world is pressuring her because that's what the world likes to do or rather that's Mm -hmm. what politicians like to do is be like give us power you have power we want some so i love just seeing ramanda school these politicians. Absolutely take them to school. That French lady, the look on her face, like you there should have been whoever Ludwig
1: Gorenson should have just
0: thrown something in the score where it just goes yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So first of all, before we get to that, uh I gotta point out this this attack on the the, the ship in the Atlantic. Uh so they send uh they send people, you know, they send scuba divers down deep into the ocean um, and with like this cool aquatic gear Um, and they find out that this there's a drill and and what's interesting too is because um, they also talk of Wakanda takes the position that they're the only ones who have vibranium so it's up to them to decide how who they want to give it to and you know they're always worried about weaponization or just like you know like well essentially weaponization being the, the worst okay. uh but like it just yeah what are they going to do with it kind of thing and and they have to, it t- and trust takes time kind of thing and so then what's and i love the the tie-in between these two nations uh between Telokan and wakanda here because we find out through the story that the drill, uh, the the drill's been broken, and the way it's been broken, there's only one substance in the world that can do that is vibranium, which brings up the question: Is vibranium elsewhere? Is is did that meteor break up into pieces and chunks of it are scattered throughout the world, and um and then when they in, introduced the the the, tele, the telecons, um, I love that they do the siren song, and then the characters all walk like zombies and jump off the ship. It is so the coolest. Idea. It it is scary, and it's beautiful. The, the song is beautiful too. Like, but it it is it, that's what even makes it, like scarier. I guess like it, it's really cool how they did that. And there's a character she claims that once you find out who she is, she's gonna change, like, or you're gonna kind of get a better understanding of you know who this character is. I still haven't figured it out. I don't know who this character is. I never, I, I didn't even get a chance to catch her name. It turns out she's, I, I'm pretty sure she dies uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, but yeah, this soldier comes in onto the boat and she's like this boss woman that just walks around giving people orders. And so she's in this room and seeing people just jump off the ship. Uh, and then the, uh, we see the, the talukans come up and uh, they look amazing. They look gorgeous. Oh my God. Um, and then we get the introduction as they try to leave through the helicopter. We get the introduction of, uh, Namur, uh, seeing him literally grab a helicopter and throw it into the ocean. Any, any time Namur does anything, it looks gorgeous. Like he just looks like a boss person. And so. And he spins um, that
0: helicopter around like he's Mario throwing Bowser.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's amazing. So. So yeah, but then and then the United Nations, yeah, they had question it, and and yeah, I love that the Wakandans take a position that um, that uh, they're the only, they think they're the only ones who have it, and it kind of what's interesting too is that decision or that thought process puts them in a backpedal, which is interesting because Wakanda is kind of a, a modest, a modest but like uh, a modestly confident nation that they they are powerful. They are powerful and not to be underestimated. Is <laughs> is that, but because they start to figure out that they may not be the only ones that have vibranium, it puts them on their back heel and it starts to make them a little nervous. And I love that. I love that. It literally proved that they have a chink in their armor, and and they are now like, what the hell? Um, so so moving forward, we we you know they come back and and. You know, Ramonda is trying to, trying to console in Shuri and, and you know, get her to, to talk about her feelings and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's, again, Shuri does a great, uh, or Letita she does a great job, uh, again, really playing up the burden of, like, what she went through. And, uh, so they go out and they have, like, a, you know, a mother-daughter moment, um, Again, exploring how culture deals with you know, awake and, and, and grieving and how to move on and everything. Then Namor comes out of the water, uh, which is, again, I, I think one thing, among many things this movie does amazing, is they took a character that, I, in my opinion, is probably the hardest to translate to film. And they made him so badass. They'll make him a tribal leader. Oh my God. Uh, with the, the Meso, uh, Meso-American uh, background. Oh, oh, God. They couldn't have done it. They couldn't have done a better job. I don't think they could have made that character any cooler than he is, because, oh, man, he is a... Any scene he has, he is an intimidating... Uh, he is an intimidating man. Whoo! Even just
0: the design they went for, because you look yeah. at Maymore in the comics, it's kind of goofy-looking. He's just yeah. a Mr. Spock-looking dude wearing green trunks, and that's it. He's got some feathers on his feet. Like thats It's the most minimalist look of, I think, any hero in the Marvel universe. So just the idea, the simple idea of, and I don't know what came first. I don't know if it was a chicken or egg thing, but um, if they decided, okay, we'll make the telecons a Mesoamerican culture, then it fit perfectly. Somebody at some point in the production design team said, let's cover him with uh, royal jewelry that would be worn by monarchs of that culture, and that jewelry can be vibranium. And also, it just makes him look more interesting than just "I'm a guy with no shirt." Right? <laughs> so yeah. it it just it's this. I want to know what came first. I want to know if if somebody said let's cover him with jewelry first, or somebody said let's change the culture so it's Mesoamerican first. Like I I can't wait to find out. The process of that because it all just fed into itself and we ended up with this perfect looking Namor and now every time I see the old Namor who's just the guy with nothing on but trunks I'm like damn that's <laughs> weird.
1: I can't go I, back now well and the other thing too you know uh, Namor you, there's always the comparison between Namor and Aquaman and they're both they both get a, a lot of humor pushed at them um, and here's the thing is that like I can't remember who came first in the comics. I want to say it's Namor. Uh,
0: um, yeah, Namor's pretty old. I don't think Aquaman is around that long.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the he, he in Marvel he's like literally the first superhero is what they say, like the first superhero kind of character. Um, and and you know, but Aquaman they they beat Marvel to the punch by getting Aquaman out in the open as quickly as possible. Uh, and what's interesting to me is I agree with you. First of all, it's a dude with like green trunks and I'm not talking like the cool board shorts kind of trunks. No, he's like old school speedo green speedo with like scales on it, <laughs> fish scales on it. And he has the little wings on his ankles. Like he does not scream like a, ma- a symbol of like manhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but in this movie oh my god he just the presence this guy brings and this is his first movie not only Namor's first movie but the actor's first like blockbuster yeah. film How so this is, is huge the pressure is insane and he has and I love he's got like the, the nose ring thing and he's, he's got the whole thing uh, going but he comes out and he's like hey like you know people are hunting coming in on my resources uh, and then you know uh and he's like i need your help kind of thing like you know you need to help me get the scientist and we need to stop this because you guys have you know i've heard about this place like you guys have this stuff too and so th- it really sets a whole point and i love how he tells him he's like don't tell anyone about my name and like and he's like "Or there will be consequences and i love how the they try and man wakanda man it, it, their secret, tel- their secret keepings, not great. Because I'm pretty sure they held it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> like they held, and like they're like, oh, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. But N- that more is coming. And then it's just like, okay, well, you you said it. It's out in the open now. You know, like I'm sure there's technology there. they can hear it. And all, you know, I love how Wakanda, you know, the world, the MCU world perceives them as you know a, a third world and you know they just don't have technology or anything developed and then we the audience get invited into their world and then pe- and then so do certain characters and then we see like the technology and how futuristic they are uh you know namor and the talukans they are a bit more third world than wakanda i would say it's not that they have advanced technology they just have they just have vibranium infused weaponry but they're very tribal looking. And and yet they are, they are quite, they present themselves as quite superior, uh, you know, uh, based on what they're seeing. So that was, whew, that scene when, when Namor first comes out of the water, oh, so good.
0: Well, I'd like to learn about it. I'm sure you have a lot of answers here, because I want to know some more about the uh, supporting cast of -hmm. Namor's people. Because all I know, Ryan, comes from Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the Xbox 360, where you go to Atlantis (laughs) in level three, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And in Atlantis, um, you meet, I actually don't think you meet Namor. I don't think he's there, but you meet Namorita. And then you meet Atuma and Tiger Shark, who are a couple of jerkwads. Um, And in this movie, we get Atuma, but no Tiger Shark, and we get not Namorita, but Namora. So, yeah. I, uh, tell me about these people. Tell us about these people. Who are they?
1: Oh, all right. So, uh, starting with Atuma. Atuma is like the he's like a hand of the king until he isn't. Until someone gives him a better offer, and then he decides to flip the decides to flip the script and betray Namor. So. <laughs> Uh, so, and then he kind of, once he flips the script a few more times, like, you know, when me once, shame on, you know, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you, like that kind of thing. Then eventually he gets outcasted, then he, he, he's always trying to like overtake the throne and become like, you know, he has very small, small ambition. Um, let's get into Namorita. Namorita, who is not in the film, um, she is the sister to Namor. And she's very beautiful. Um, and um, she's very beautiful. And she, um, so she, so few characters kind of fall in love with her a few times. Um, but I know, you know I did during the game. <laughs> I think she's a clone, she, right? Is yeah, clone I think I think Johnny, I think Johnny Storm falls in love with her a few times. But again, I he, he falls in
0: love with his pencil sharpener if it's hey. still long.
1: <laughs> and uh and then the other thing is he um the other thing is he uh sorry, so Namorita, the other thing about her is is that um she is the more sympathetic to the surface dwellers than than Namor is. So Namorita, right. she like she's like she's more sympathetic, she's more open to things. So when Namor is out of town, everyone kind of goes to her because she'll actually listen where n- namor takes a lot to convince him to do anything and when <laughs> n- when namor takes his position when he takes a position on something you there's no changing his mind like when it like it's it, like you really have to move mountains and prove that it, it, things are the way they are because he's not going to leave uh he's not going to leave well what is talokan in mcu or atlantis and the other side of the coin is he will defend, like, he will fight his own allies in order to stand his ground. So that's, that's where Namorita is kind of thing. Namora is a cousin of the royal family. Um, and she's just kind of a warrior character. Like, kind of a parallel, if you want to look at it, is like Valkyrie. Um, same kind of idea. Uh, so she so yeah so she's kind of uh, you know always kind of kind of like a uh, an extension of Namor. She's always you know protecting the uh, protecting the underwater uh, people and like protecting her her grounds and and again if if Namor doesn't want to do it, she definitely doesn't want to do it. And she's so right. she's always kind of supporting that. She's a support character to Namor in that in that sense. So those are kind of the main players. That we that we have to work with right now. So we haven't even seen uh, uh, um, Namorita yet, but we we might down the road depending on how things go.
0: What about Tiger Shark? What's his deal?
1: Tiger Shark. um, He's again both uh, uh, Tuma and Tiger Shark. They both they both are kind of like um, what I can only describe as Rhino and Sandman. You know, like they just they're They're just these goons that uh that will you know um, they're, they're, they think that they'll run things better if if is if, uh, not around so there there's not much to add to them other than they're just like strong henchmen characters. They have some good stories to to follow, but there's nothing to me there's nothing like over you know there's no Doctor Doom kind of epic level storytelling that they offer.
0: Right, you don't write home about those guys. So if they are Rhino and Sandman, or like Bebop and Rocksteady, if you will, um, yeah. does Namor have a Shredder equivalent that he fights a lot?
1: Well, to be honest, he kind of dances with certain people. Uh, he is His nemesis, if you will, would technically be like Atuma and Tiger Shark, if you will. But the other person that they deal a lot with is Dr. Doom.
0: Doctor Doom, who is a, a pediatrician. That's uh, where
1: he's studying <laughs> medicine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. Um, it's it's again like and I can't even really think because like the other thing with Marvel too, like when they do villains right, they do them right, oh, yeah. but there's not that many of them like they're like that's the thing like they all and that's the beauty of the marvel world too is that they all kind of are all close together right so dr doom gives them a lot of problems
0: well um there's also not too many villains in marvel united the board game so simon and spin master games get on that i'm still waiting for a third season where you just throw a bunch of villains at me because that game Mm. is delicious and i need more please I am just hook it to my veins. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So um, one thing that I thought was real cool, Ryan, in this movie that just it made me happy was well, the, just the little tiny details that they played with in the subtitles. Um, I don't know what the font was that they used, but it was a really cool sort of ancient-looking font, very subtle, and you had three different colors depending on what's being spoken. You've got yellow for Wakandan, you got this cool aqua for the Talokan uh, language. Mm-hmm. And then for every other language, you got white. I just <laughs> thought that was really, really sweet. I loved how that mm-hmm. was.
1: Yeah, there's so many layers of details in this movie that you just want to appreciate. And the cool thing is, too, is I love how they do it with both the Wakandan uh, closed captions and the Talokans closed captions, which is they do it in their language first and then they'll remix the the, the letters into like the language we can read Yeah. Uh, so i just thought that was really cool uh and what's cool is when you see the Talukans, they're all like symbols like hi, hi, hi i can't even say it hi, <laughs> hi- Hieroglyphs. hieroglyphs <laughs> hieroglyphs thank you um, but yes they're like hi, 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 oh my god they're that word and then, like they translate it, but yeah, and and the other cool thing is too is like you know there's all this talk about mutants um, now in uh, in MCU, and we get introduced to technically our first mutant, which is Miss um, Marvel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what's interesting is we are introduced to the first mutant, which is Namor. Um, now
0: he's the first mutant in terms of publication order because i think isn't apocalypse the first 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 mutant
1: yes uh apocalypse is technically the first 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 mutant uh but namor is the first published mutant and then cool. come later to the x-men
0: so we need a scene where he meets miss marvel and she's like mm-hmm. you know what's cool being a mutant and he's like yeah that is pretty cool and there's a knock at the door and they open the mm-hmm. door and it's kelsey Grammer is beast and he's like yeah. hello would you like me to read you from James Joyce, and I just go nuts in my chair? That's what, that's what has to happen now.
1: What I was hoping for in this movie, speaking of um, speaking of uh, just kind of hopes and dreams here, uh, is what I was hoping for is after this whole movie is because I knew there was going to be a like you see in the trailer, there's going to be an epic battle. Mm-hmm. I was hoping uh, Namor would like lose. And and just get totally just, just just like knocked for a loop, and he gets left like he gets deserted, and uh, he ends up because he's he's washed ashore. He ends up making his way as an as kind of a nomad and like kind of forgets himself. because like maybe he got concussion or something, an untreated concussion or something that made him lose his, his memory. And I hope they did how they find him in the comics which is he goes to a bar and he has a huge beard. And uh, I think if I'm not mistaken on the news, it's like a, a missing um, uh, a nation that we didn't even know existed has come to United Nations and they're looking for their, their king. Uh, they know he's alive, but they don't know where he is. And then they show a picture of him and, uh, or like a drawing of him. And, and Johnny Storm is in a bar. And he looks at this homeless guy and he uses his flaming hand and he burns away the beard and it turns out to be Nevorn. And he's like, oh my god. (laughs) I was hoping that would be an end credit sequence. I was like, that would be so dope as you like introduce Johnny Storm like that. And that would have been so cool.
0: Johnny Storm not respected anybody's boundaries. Just like you burn your face.
1: Well, no, because like obviously he figured it out. He's not just gonna do it to anybody. But yeah, no, it was it was such a cool concept. And I was like, that would be the dopest end credit sequence. I like just as like a fan to see the Fantastic Four like finally up there, or at least one of them would be uh, so cool.
0: Yeah, they're they're taking their time. Drip, they're drip feeding that announcement to us. It'll it'll get yeah. here when it gets here. Um, but I didn't know anything pretty much nothing about her until we saw this, but I am now a fan of Ironheart, Ryan. I think- Iron Oh, Heart yes.
1: Pretty- <laughs> the introduction of Riri Williams. She, she kind of finishes off the first act into in, and leads us into the second act of the film. Um, and I loved her Her humor, on point. She has great comedic timing. Um, and, uh, and then on top of that, there's a lot of things I liked about this character. So first of all, this movie does an incredible job introducing us to new, like Marvel characters, like big Marvel characters. And Ironheart was fun. She's a fun character right from the beginning. And they do a good job, uh, kind of like this classic Marvel style storytelling of like, we know, okay, there's American scientists who made this scanner who could detect vibranium. And Wakanda's like, what? Like, who? Like, how? Now, of course, my comic book brain was like, there's only one American scientist who could ever get that good, and that's clearly Reed Richards. But of course, you have to remember, there are other super smart scientists. Reed Richards may be the smartest, but there are other super smart scientists. And um, and so, yeah, so they go to find out who it is. They find out it's Riri Williams, and, uh, and she's like a a tech wizard, but they do a good job introducing how she elevates above the rest. And that's where, this is where Marvel's hero discovery really, you know, puts its formula to work is like, how do you set this character above the rest? How does this person, how is this person defined uh, uh, being a Marvel amongst other people? Uh, And so they introduce her and she's so great. Um, And then it becomes a manhunt for her, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, they they end up taking her and they take her to the warehouse. And I love the small again. They throw the small little timbits in there, which I'm sure we'll learn more about in the Ironheart story. But someone the the FBI is essentially after her, and the Wakandans get to her first, and then they're trying to scramble to get get her away. Uh, so so she goes back to her, her warehouse, and I love the FBI calls out. Is like, is that StarTech? And she just, you know, boom, you know, repulsor blast and then flies out of there. So fun. So cool.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, somebody, it's bound to happen at some point. Somebody's got to be smart enough to see Iron Man on the news and say, I understand how that works. Boom. boom, boom. Next thing you know, they've got a suit. Uh, So I don't know if we're going to see different suits. In the upcoming show, I'm assuming that's probably going to happen. I'm assuming if she's anything like Tony, she builds a bunch of suits. But I really ended up liking the suit that she had here. It felt like uh, it kind of had, like, shades of, of Japanese culture to it, like a mech suit, like a Gundam kind of suit-looking thing. It reminded me a bit of the um, the armor that they wear in Big Hero 6.
1: Yes, it that look yeah. To it, right? yeah. So
0: I, I really like how that looked. And now I'm just itching for more Ironheart. Uh, but spin-off is gonna be fun. I hope she comes back in another movie too. I hope we get her in season three of Marvel United, because we don't have a figure for Ironheart yet. She's not a play character, so get on that, Simon and Spinmaster. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I'm on board the Ironheart train and I love how they turned her into um, it, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but it, it really gave me shades of Miles Dyson in Terminator 2, where it's like, here's the scientist who's really going to mess shit up for us. So a bunch of people are going there to try to kill him, and another bunch of people are going there to try to stop him. So Riri kind of fell in the middle of that. And it, it really gave me these these Terminator 2 vibes at some points, and I liked how that played
1: out. It did. It did. But, again, I also love, like, the blueprints. Like, again, all the layers of this character, like, you, they give you all the it's – like, it's like opening a box of Lego. You know what you're getting. Yeah. You know what you're getting when you get the character. And they literally give you all the pieces that make up the character. But they don't explain anything. They just literally give you all the pieces of the character. You know, super smart genius. Uh, really good with technology, and she's working on a suit. And it's literally like those are the things that tell you part of her story. Now, what I would like to see as as time progresses with her is how she got inspired by Stark if she did. Uh, I hope she did, uh, personally, because that's how the comic books play out. In the comic books, uh, she watches Iron Man in battle, and he takes a hit, and pieces of his armor falls near her, and she takes that and then develops her own suit. Um, I hope that kind of plays a thing, uh, you know, uh, but we'll see. Uh, But yeah, like, but again, you're absolutely right. And I couldn't agree with you more. And it's just like, but like I said, it's like opening a Lego box. You see what you're getting on the picture. And when you open the box, all the pieces are laid out in front of you. And they're, they're kind of already giving you the instructions of how to put the character together. And it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. She's so much fun. Her, the noise that she makes when she walks into the bathroom and Okoye is in there waiting for her. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I guess this is one of her first movies, too, because Dominique Thorne is relatively young. So, yeah. again, another actor just like Teno Cuerta. Like, you're starting off in this big, giant movie. How cool is that? I'm so happy for these actors. Like, that's.
1: Yeah, not and not only are they uh, are they starting in in a movie. Not only are they just starting in a big blockbuster film, they're starting in a Marvel film, which is you know this is a hugely successful platform to to be a part of. And the fact that they're still and and this is why I'm both I'm both happy with what they're doing, but I'm also upset with what they're doing in other things. Like you have um, Wonder Man coming, and they cast the guy who played Black Manta, and I and and you know. I'm all for like giving this guy a role. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for him to do it. But at the same time, this is a new hero. Could you not find someone new to play them? Like, you know, like, like Namor, they gave a character who's like, like Marvel royalty on, and publishing. And they gave it to a brand new actor. They gave the role to a brand new actor. But if, if, but I, I'm gonna withhold my full judgment till I see Wonder Man on screen because I'm all for finding the right person to play the character, and that's always top priority. And that's why you know I love the Robert Downey casting. I love the Chadwick Boseman casting for Black Panther. Uh, you know there are people who are doubtful of Chadwick being able to play T'Challa, and I'm all for that. And I'm all for I'm all for like finding the right person to play the character but at the same time like i love when they find someone new like someone net new in the movie industry give them a role like this because essentially now like they they have now had a role in a super successful platform so now they can go out and just be in more projects they can do more i know marvel is a very all-time consuming thing but it's, it's, it's going to allow them to really have a good foot in the industry and, and really be able to kind of start doing projects, like get a lot of notice and have a lot of options for projects, which is huge.
0: Yeah, it'll jumpstart a career rather than just keep it
1: going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep it going slightly upward, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's like, it's essentially to me, it's like, you know, uh, like Captain Britain, uh, like this whole talk about Captain Britain. Uh, because I think they're going to do Henry Cavill as Captain Britain. I think the last time he confirmed he was he was doing it, even though he's Superman now. But it's like, okay, could we not find another person to play Captain Britain? Because that would be cool. Like, especially too, because these characters aren't well known, so it would be fun to see. But I think it's also because they're not well known, that's why they're casting you know who they think is best. But at the same time, someone with a little more someone with a little more fan base behind them because again like you know oh guess what we're having a Captain Britain movie or like something with Captain Britain and everyone's like well I don't know who Captain Britain is so I don't know it's kind of a weird dance but yeah, yeah. Uh, but that being said Riri Williams and uh, oh my god the the actor uh, who, who plays that character she did an amazing job uh, through and through and she's and she's fun and so the other thing I love real quick I want to talk about Is uh, we see her in her armor, and what I love is you get two different variants of her armor. You get the armor she starts with, it doesn't work out quite well. Uh, You get you can already see the kind of Iron Man like journey where like she learns that there's limitations to the armor she built, so she needs to rebuild it. Um, So that was really cool. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. That was really fun. Um, Anyway, so then uh, Shuri gets captured. Ah, uh, and oh my God, the the consequences of Shuri being captured. Oh my God. Oh man, Okoye, that scene's a tough pill to swallow and I don't mean that it's a bad scene. I mean, it's so good. You feel you feel, and, and the, the actor plays Ramonda, she does man, she acts circles around these people, like the, the intensity she brings. Oh man.
0: That is my favorite scene of the movie, Ryan. Ramonda chewing out Okoye, even though I don't blame Okoye for what happened at all, but just seeing Ramonda have that moment and break down. And, you know, we realize that's her last kid and her last kid is missing, potentially dead in enemy territory. That was for me the coolest, heaviest, most intense part of this two hour, 41 minute movie. You know. I love that throne room scene so much,
1: and, and not only I that, love
0: Ramanda so much,
1: and not only that, like the, the the scenes leading up to it, like where Okoye has the battle with Atuma on the bridge, um, they did such a good job with the fight story of it, like the the storytelling of it, that you almost think there's going to be like a lot of character deaths in this movie. Like they do such a good mm-hmm. job showing that Okoye is losing, like losing this fight. And she said this mission would be a cakewalk, and 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 the fear, the the fear growing as she's losing the fight is so good. Oh my god, I love it so much. Uh, and then yeah, so Shuri gets taken, and and then yeah, that the throne room scene. Not and what I loved about the throne room scene is is also the dialogue here because she's like you lost my daughter like i've lost my son and now you've lost my daughter and she and she's like and where were you when um killmonger took the throne and she's like i was loyal to the throne that was her response she lived up to her duty and they're like boom no that doesn't count
0: it's it's you should so have been, sad.
1: You should have been loyal to to us. That's that was the that was the comeback. It was so good.
0: Uh, I could do a whole podcast just about that scene. That scene really oh, really got to me. Uh, yeah. And this this bridge fight gave me the thing that I always say I want, Ryan, uh, because it, it kickstarted this thing where you have a bunch of heroes and you have a bunch of villains who are not nameless goons, but actual villain characters with names and powers. And they start forming rivalries because when we get to that climax and Okoye locks eyes with Atuma again, you know it's on. Yeah. And that makes me so happy and excited. And they pair it up so that Ironheart uh, is fighting Nomura. Like they, they just they create the rivalries that I love to see. And I think, I mean, Atuma got his ass handed to him in the end by Okoye, but I think the dude's still alive. She just knocked yeah. him into the water really, really yeah. hard. So. Rivalry. I want to say that happened more. Really oh, absolutely. More.
1: Absolutely. And the, the other thing too, um, yeah, you're right. Like the bridge scene sets up so many things so quickly. Um, it's it's amazing. And and then we also get uh Valentina coming back. It's good to see uh Julia Louise Dreyfus uh, doing her thing. I think she's great in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as like a anti Nick Fury, I think is the best way to describe it. But uh, she's so much fun. Uh, but yes, the bridge scene is amazing. Oh my god! And the throne room scene following that is also amazing. And the other thing, the, the other thing I have to say about the throne room scenes overall, and and a character who is in them is Mbaku. Mbaku is so fun in this movie, but it's fun in a smart way because he has grown so much. Because uh, like, if you look at the first movie and how. Tchalla learns a lot from Killmonger. Umbaku learns a lot from Tchalla. And yes. and and the relationship they built even though they have opposing views, they find a middle ground that they work in and he becomes such a genuine character and it's and and I I think we talked about this after the movie but someone was saying like like he's a bad he's a bad like in the comics he's a bad character. Like he's a bad guy. And I'm like, you know what, though, like Umbaku kind of he's 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 a, a one dimensional character with a lot of extremes in the comic books. Like he obviously like he uh, he obviously thinks vibranium is a disease to Wakanda and he doesn't want any technology. He wants to just stay like the nation that they are and like be remote. And he'll do he'll go to extremes to make that happen. And what I love about this version of M'Baku, the MCU version, is they gave him much more growth as a character. Like, he is now more of an anti-hero than just a villain. Like, he's moving up the ladder. Like, he could be a hero at one point. Like, he could go full hero status. And in this one, I would say he definitely plays to the side of the hero. But because if you look at the scale, he's kind of, he's he started bad and now he's in the middle. And now he's now he's trying to be trying to be good. So he's moving it along. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant what they did with this character. Absolutely. I think they could have they could have kept him kind of a one note, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a mountain, this mountain part of Wakanda, and Wakanda needs to be back the way it is. He's like, no, like he actually considers all the options and he, he plays such a mentor figure. And I love like he comes and you see it, you you kind of see his example. When he first comes in, and the the, the River Tribe talks about how Namor uh, surpassed their security and got in, and he's like, they should be dead. Now, why are they even here? Like, they should be exiled, and, you know, just like the other guy, like, they should be gone, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. can't just do that, right? But, like, he, he I love that he comes in with a carrot, and he's just like, why are they here? Why are they here? That carrot it's looks
0: there. delicious, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mbaku but yeah, steps up, man. He's he was my favorite character in the first movie, and he just he keeps that through line going. Uh, yeah. And I love what they did with him, like you're saying, um, in terms of how he has changed while staying the same. Uh, yeah. And I don't even know if he's aware of it, the character, which is great. But he spends most of the first movie wanting to be. T'Challa, wanting to be in T'Challa's shoes, which is yeah. king, king of Wakanda, the most powerful Wakandan, right? He wants to be T'Challa. And in this movie, he steps into T'Challa's shoes in a way that he didn't expect by becoming the big brother figure to mm-hmm.
1: Shuri. Yeah, uh,
0: And it it turns into this beautiful uh, moment of not so much enemy because they they stopped being enemies in the last movie, but um, frenemies slowly becoming family. Uh, And that's, that's such a beautiful story arc. Like I love when they do that, when Prince Zuko does it, when uh, Apollo Creed does it, like it it really turns into this cool story arc that you, you don't see coming and then you just can't look away. You're like, yes, give me more of this. Um, And he's also another character, Ryan who uh, needs to be brought into Marvel United season three and he needs to be a purple antihero so that you can face Mbaku as a villain or place him as a hero. What are you waiting for, Simon in Spin Master Games? Come on!
1: But okay, so going back to uh, the the Okoye being stripped of her rank, um, and yeah, it's just it's a whole thing. Uh, beautiful scene, and so then she enlists uh, Nakia to go and get it, and not only that, they Nakia is is an interesting character because the first one. don't really like she's she's a spy she's very cloak and dagger but she's all about like helping you know helping culture like helping different groups um so in this one she's like full spy mode and and it's so cool how they kind of give her this spotlight of like how she how she becomes a spy she she infiltrates she under she learns about the culture and then how to get into it i love it i love how she um I love how she goes to the, out the, the borders of Talukhan. And she, you know, she's asking around and people are treating her like a tourist and like, no, get out of here. And then she's like, no, like, I know, I know who he is. And then it it's a whole thing. And so while this is happening, Shuri is captured. And this scene to me is like, oh my God, it was like, this is how you do a sci-fi movie. Like this is how exactly how you do it. So Shuri is a prisoner of Talukhan. And Namor takes her on a journey through his city and kingdom um, to explain why he's doing what he's doing. All the feels, like, just gush out of me because, like, it's a beautiful scene. Just, like, not only the environment is gorgeous, so just being underwater and seeing what a uh, Mesoamerican city would look like underwater is absolutely brilliant. Um uh, but she finds out through his story, and that is like it, there is a huge similarity between them, and which is interesting because she's grieving, right? She feels like no one understands her, and and you then see uh, Namor and him telling his story that their their cultures are so similar. It's just the circumstances in which they're given, right? Like, and it just shows how. Cultures are defined by how people take their resources or how, you know, people push them around. Like, you know, just how people deal with other people. And, and you know, um, and it's beautifully done. It's a beautiful narrative. Uh, and I love that they go there. They just, they go there in a beautiful way without um, pushing it too hard on the audience. At the same time, like, trying to get the audience to understand these characters which I, you love. And I also got to give props to, to Ryan Kugler for making new salutes for care for cultures that just look boss. Like Wakanda has the cross arms thing. And, uh, Telukon has this like sea demon thing. I can't even do it right. But like <laughs> when they do it, it's, it's just so magical. It looks so cool when I do it, I'm like, yeah, but like, it's so gorgeous. Um, and yeah, so he explains it. And then she learns that they have vibranium. And again, just the whole beautiful thing. Uh, and I'm going to just rush over it a little bit here because I'm kind of in rant gushing mode. But uh, so as this is happening, uh, there's a rescue mission being there. And uh, Ramonda blows the horn, gets Namor to leave. And Shuri goes back to her cage. And then um, Nakia gets them out. Uh, and she shoots, uh, she she shoots one of the, uh, is it Nomura? I think it's Nomura she shoots. It's
0: um,
1: not Nomura. No, she shoots it's like just, a, just, a, just, just another a servant. person. Yeah. Yeah. So she kills that person. And, and, and Shuri's like, no, we need to save this person or else this is a declaration of war. Yeah. And so everything is justified and nothing is skipped over. Like everything. So she shoots him, boom, uh, Or shoots the servant, servant down. Shuri's trying to save him. Doesn't work. They get Riri Williams and Shuri out uh, and take them home. Uh, and Ramonda is interesting because she's like, I just want my daughter back. Like, you know, and he's like, he's like, you like the, the more with intimidation, man. Oh, my God. Just stares down Ramonda. And he's like, like, you know, you are either our ally or you are our enemy. You make a choice. And like, that sounds like and some
0: he- Skywalker talk to me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. And it's like, you know, only a Sith deals is an absolute, but like, oh my God, it, the intimidation stare down they have is, is epic. Um, and you know what, you and, brought up
0: the seashell and I forgot about that, but what a great, uh, way to make Namor just come across as this weird, creepy dude. Like, first of all, he comes up out of that lake in front of Ramonda and Shuri in the dead of night and he's just like, hey, what's up? I'm a fish can. Um, and he gives them this ultimatum. And then he just hands them the seashell and says, when, you're, when you have what I want, just blow into this. Trust me, I'll hear you. Like, that's so creepy.
1: <laughs> I know. He's, he's, it's just he does intimidation so well. Um, and so he comes back to realize that they killed his servant. And I love the scene when he goes, to, you see it in the trailer where he, he descends to the throne and he does a speech about how he's been blind to trust. And that is so good. Oh my God. He's like, we've been blind. I've been blinded by trust. And now they've taken advantage of me. We are going to war. And it's, it's so cool. Uh, it gets me so pumped. Um, and uh, they're all like, Tano God. like they're they're just screaming and thus begins the battle of wakanda and it's so good oh my god water starts flooding in and just war breaks out and everyone's freaking out it's so good and like oh man i just that whole war scene is fun like the way uh they do namor in the movie even though you know it's cg The way he moves around so fluidly is just so gorgeous to watch. Like he comes out of in and out of the water with such ease and the strength. They, the I am always very critical of how you display superhuman strength in a movie because it's either too cheesy to believe or it when it's done right, it looks scary as hell. And now more strength and the the uh the telecon strength is. Really something to behold in this movie. Like they everything they do looks so strong, and it's so much fun to watch.
0: Well, they were really smart to set it up the way they did, because mm-hmm. you only ever like the first time you see Namor, he's super Marioing a helicopter in mid-flight. So that's their way of I guess telling the audience who doesn't know this character, mm-hmm. this guy is like four levels of strong. So when we see him later cutting through the water like a fish and jumping up and down, like we know Wakandans can't do that. They're just regular people who have cool technology. So that was the movie's way of telling us with the helicopter, this guy can do stuff that, you know, Shuri and T'Challa aren't able to do. Right. You know, even with their suits, like they have limitations. So that was a, a nice little shorthand way of introducing what you can do. And then seeing him jump around in the water, uh, they really embraced the, uh, the aquatic parts of Namor without making it look dumb and cheesy. Uh, my, my personal favorite cheesy superhero thing that uh, they were used to show how strong somebody is is like somebody's lifting like a, a little, a little like barbell with two black yeah. balloons on it that just have like one ton written. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so true <laughs> but, um, but yeah when, when Namor does anything in this movie that involves strength it looks it looks like it involves strength but it shows how superhuman it is and also I forgot like leading up to the events of the war he explains his story about how he's born and I, I, got, I can't believe I didn't even talk about this so they talk about how the vibranium does split off and the way their gods are formed uh, both like, or the gods gifts are received, I should say are exactly the same. And I really love that because, you know, it plays to the mono myth, which is like, you know, if you look at all religions, they all have a parallel. They all have a similarity to them that makes them all related, uh, which is so interesting to me. I'm a big fan. Joseph Campbell is, Stuff is works are influenced in all sorts of movies, especially like movies like Star Wars and stuff. Um, so I was a big fan of that, and I love that you know the uh, the, the story of the Talukons and how you know they they had a plant that was modified uh, by the vibranium and it like it gets them you know you know they uh, they use it they they gave it to everyone so they could you know adapt and get gills and then be able to go underwater uh, so they can be away from the surface dwellers. Uh and and what's interesting about uh Namor's story is they explain why he's a mute, which is so cool. And that was really neat. Um, uh, but yeah, and then so I just wanted to say I want to point that out. Any thoughts on that?
0: No, just I love the I didn't think about the monomyth thing until you brought it mm-hmm. up, and that's a great point. It, it really cements mm-hmm. that idea and it just makes you wonder, like you said earlier, like who else has little tiny pieces of vibranium? That yeah,
1: change them in some way. Yeah, because they they talk about Bast and they talk with uh, Bast, which is the Wakandan god, uh, the cat. And I can't remember the Talukan god, but the, um, the the sea serpent god, essentially. Uh, and and is that they, Kukulkan or is that Kukulkan, Kukulkan? Yeah, yeah. That and that Namor is the rebirth of Kukulkan, right? Like it's and so it's really cool. So the battle is so much fun. I love Umbaku when he just like tries to go for the big like. He's like, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him right out of the gate, and it's gonna be done. And and then Namor just flexes, and literally, both metaphorically and literally flexes, and just boom, and <laughs> and punches Umbaku. He goes flying, and you get to see his strength. And again, this movie does not hold back. Um, you know, uh, leading up to the throne room where you know Namor breaks the uh, breaks the window, throws the water grenade, and kills Ramonda with one swift move and and then leaves it as a warning He's like you know you now have till the next sun or till the next sun of something or solstice uh and we will come back and and you better be ready like you, you know you you attacked us now we're this is our retaliation so next time it's war like it's so good and uh, I honestly thought Ramonda was going to survive, and, and this movie plays with you. Like this movie does a good job of, like, you know, uh, she, but she, but she, the Ramonda goes in like the best way in, sen, in the sense that she saves Riri, uh, gets her out, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, what a fitting end to such a beast of
0: a character. Ramonda is awesome, uh, and Ooh. I I want this now to be the inciting incident that makes Namor interesting, more interesting in the future. What I mean is obviously we're going to see Namor again, whether he gets a spinoff or what. He's coming back. We all know that. Um, so what I want to see, and we didn't see really any of it, I think, in this movie. Uh, yes, they're all friends now, sort of, right? But I want to see when Namor is front and center again, I want to see his whole story arc struggling with the fact that like, I kind of murdered that old lady. Right? Like, am Mm -hmm. I a monster? Like, I I want that to be his struggle. Because Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. You can't truce notwithstanding. Fine, they made a truce. But we we, the audience need that before we can cheer him on as a hero. We need him and before he can see himself as a hero, we need him to come to grips with that. I killed this lady who was trying to mind her own business. Uh, and that's that's going to stick with me. And I have to uh, wrestle with that for the rest of my life. That is gift wrap for them now. So I hope they address it. I hope we don't just, when we see Neymar again, I hope he's not just like, oh, I'm a noble guy and everything is fine. Yeah. Because then you would undercut what happened
1: here. I think I think what's going to be interesting from this is he he thinks he made a mistake by trusting people, and then later on he's going to realize he did make a mistake. Like he did make mistakes. And he's not like a great king. Like he has to he has to earn he has to earn what it is to be a true king, which I think is the theme of like to, to be a true leader, I should say, um, which is I think is the theme so far of Wakanda in general. Like just the the you know like like T'Challa, like they have, they have everything and they, you know, but T'Challa learns like, you know, vengeance consumes us all, right? Like that's what he learned in civil war. He had a great arc in that. Um, and, and he's, and he realizes like, you can't, you can't run on vengeance. And then you have his story with Killmonger and he realizes like, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can, if you have all these resources and you're self-sustainable, that's great. But if you're not helping the world, then you're not helping, you know, eventually, it's not going to work, like you're not going to have sustainability. Um, and so I think that's the journey here. And and so Shuri, what's beautiful is Shuri goes through the same journey and Shuri's transformation. So in the beginning of the movie, she's trying to work on a synthetic, uh, a synthetic herb that will play up to the heart shaped herb, but she couldn't find the, the solution, the formula to figure it out, to get the same results. Um, but she does find out uh, through Namor that, the, that Namor gives her the bracelet and then she's able to do it. So yeah, in the, in the final battle, like, yeah, I, I think there, you know the final battle, which is amazing, like Wakanda goes on their own terms, fights ne- and Namor and, and gets into, in, in, you know, the whole thing. Um, you see Shuri go through that learning journey of like, you can't fight on vengeance. You know, uh you have to learn to find compromise. You have to you have to be able to share. Um and and you know, we will you know, we will protect Talokan and everything. And the the whole battle is I think at first I wasn't sure how I was feeling about this battle, but in the end it, it plays so great and I I, I think it really plays this journey. It's it's amazing.
0: The whole uh praise that Killmonger gets for being one of the best Marvel villains is because of the fact that T'Challa looks at Killmonger and understands I was one bad day away from being this guy, right? One, that, yeah. one little thing could have gone wrong, the tiniest thing, and I would have been in this guy's shoes. Yeah. That's why Killmonger worked. Now you have the same thing happening here. Namor works as a great villain because Shuri spends the whole movie uh, feeling these these angry emotions and and just feeling like a failure and becoming vengeful, becoming wrathful. So we get to that point where she looks him in the eye and she realizes I am this guy. I have become this guy. And if I take one more step, I'm going to pass the point of no return. And that to me, I think this is, in terms of phase four movies, this is the best hero's journey phase four has given us by a
1: you could not have said it better, and I love that you phrase it as hero's journey because that's exactly what it is. It's 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 a hero's journey done to to the T, to the best execution you can get, and it's it's great. Like that last battle, like oh my god, it is like it is your standard battle. Like hey, we have a leg up on the competition. We have a new suit for the um, the oh my god, uh, Dora Melage with the Midnight Angel thing. <laughs> Uh, we have better we have better plan. But in the end, it comes down to ideals. And yeah. and she she's about to kill Namor. And the best part is too, like when she find tries to a heart shape herb, you know, I thought they were gonna do some sort of magical nod to Chadwick giving her like the nod and like, Hey, you're you're the new Black Panther now. You need to and that like that inspires her to be like the new T'Challa. But I love that the the twist is she sees Killmonger. And he's like, well, you called me because like, you know, (laughs) and like, oh, and and it's beautiful. Yeah. Because like, once she gets to the kill scene, she, you know, Ramonda gives her the advice she needs, which is like, show them who you are. Like, you're not this person. You're, you're, you're acting on vengeance. Like you're acting on like this person's taken away that last single thing. And you know, you're not, but you're not that person. And it's, it's, you know, you're going to help them, like show them who you are. And and you know, some people can see that 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 last little ending, little bit there of the war, being like, "Hey, like, you know, um, that last little bit of the war there, like, you know, we're all friends now, yay!" But it's more than that. It's it's literally like, you know, in order for us to be better, we need to be better, and that's it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Thing.
0: Yes, they need to grow. They need each other to grow. And damn, has would ever grown? Um, I think seeing Killmonger was just a great way to cement that she had a long way to go. She mm-hmm. was in a dark place. It was, again, I got to bring up Empire Strikes Back again, but it's it's this dark middle chapter where she goes into the cave and she sees the dark reflection of herself. That's what Killmonger was there for, man, burning that mm-hmm. throne room away. Uh, so I like I was expecting Ramonda to be the one she sees, and... It just turns out to be this whole uh, sucker punch that we get with Michael B. Jordan, who was very sneaky these past few months because he kept saying in interviews, Yeah, man, I'd really totally be down to join the MCU again if they asked me to bring film on the back. Oh, ain't I stinking? You don't know, but I already don't. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) that was was a really cool surprise to see him there. Uh, But we we ended with this wonderful battle, and now. Shuri is a better person, and Namor is on his way to becoming a better person, mm-hmm. but he is still plotting with Namora and telling her, you know, he's still looking at it from a political standpoint that Wakanda's kind of, um, we're in their debt, sort of thing. Uh, and now we, you know, so we owe them, they owe us a favor, and now we're, I'm ready to cash in on that favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think my question. For you ryan about namor in the future the two-part question is do you have any sort of inkling of what this favor is going to look like and can he grow back his foot feathers
1: <laughs> uh short answer to the foot feathers yes of course they will grow back uh he is a sea serpent which means he's a reptile so he's <laughs> uh no that's just me making up logic but yeah he will, <laughs> he will, he will, he will recover um but in terms of the debt they owe to Wakanda, uh, it's a similar journey to Mbaku. Man, they gotta work. They gotta work their way up. They gotta just, they gotta play along and do do the best they can to support Wakanda and however they see fit. Um, personally, I think, I think it's there's gonna be a similar theme of a greater force is going to come, uh, and and take what they want. Uh, and and that will that will rally Namor to come to their aid and repay the debts. I mean, it's a hard debt to repay, being that he killed you know Shuri's mother, but but he will. I think I think that will be a long, I think he'll make big big waves, all pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I think that he will, keep, he will I think. I, I don't think we'll see Resolution, let's say, I, I don't think we'll see Resolution like the next two projects with Namor. We'll see it in a long burn. Yeah, I'm time. cool with that.
0: We, we got, t- got Teno Corte for plenty of time, so just mm-hmm. let them pace themselves. So, as we draw to the end of the movie, surprise, shock, fast, Nakia and T'Challa got themselves some... They had a hot, wet, hot Wakanda summer, mm-hmm. which was the alternate title. Um, And uh, now we got a little
1: boy That's right So all all I can say comic book wise To this is that he does exist In the comics uh, but he doesn't exist In the 616 universe He exists in the 838 universe Um, But there's a great storyline You can actually see him In another uh, animated film uh, Azuri Is it Azuri? Azuri his, his uh, name was Azuri uh, the II or something like that. Uh,
0: I think his name was Toussaint. It's something French, is there?
1: Yeah. No, no. Yeah. They, they, but when he says his Wakanda name, I think it's like Azuri Azuri uh, the II or something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, and so yes, he does. He does exist in the Marvel Comics world. Uh, there's an animated movie called uh, The Next Avengers, and it's all like the kids. Uh, but his mother was not Nakia. His mother was Storm. And mm-hmm. he actually shoots a lightning.
0: Yeah, that's right. King the comic Black Panther and Storm. Um, have some
1: vibranium. They have a very complicated relationship. <laughs> yes. Uh, in
0: mm-hmm. fact, the two of them take the leadership of the Fantastic Four at one point. If I remember.
1: They do. So,
0: hey. yeah, we're all over the place. Um, we got this kid... And I can't help but think, Ryan, I personally, I don't necessarily think I want this. I don't know if I don't want this, but I I wouldn't say I want this. But I feel like because the kid is named T'Challa, I feel like something's going to happen where they're going to use Kang to like speed, speed up time in him. And then he's like, I'm an adult now. Let's go be Black Panther.
1: Uh, i don't know um it could it could very well happen i'm sure marvel will find a way to do it but at the same time i think it i think it's, it doesn't serve that purpose i think what purpose this serves is that that things move on <laughs> is what it is Is simply saying is that you know, because uh, she thought she lost all of her family. Like the character literally leads on like being the last one of her family. Yeah. Um, and and then this is it's 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 in him is the symbol of hope it is is literally that things will be better and things can move on. So I don't know if he will serve later on as a new Black Panther. He may be a variant of Black Panther in some way, shape or form. But I don't know if he's just going to take over Shuri just like that, and like you know, that be the end of it. Um, I just think that it serves that purpose of like you know, because like literally moments before she throws in her her funeral outfit to just be a symbol of like the grieving is over, and then literally the second that happens, we get introduced to the Sun, and and it's literally just like a whole thing. So. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't think I, I I wouldn't even start thinking that yet. I I just don't. It's too way too soon, and it's literally just. It's it's. I think it's just meant to be a symbol. It's 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 yeah. just to stand as a symbol. But overall, I was very moved by it.
0: Yeah, and I prefer it that way as a symbol. I prefer it as something like you said because just show Shuri, you're not alone. You did not lose everybody, and a piece of your brother lived on. And yeah, that's a wild. Little emotional period put on the end, too. Uh, and I think I'm glad there was no other post-credits scene. Uh, cool. Brian Coogler said it; uh, he described it, and I, I fully agree with him. Where to fit the the emotional vibe that this movie wanted to take you on, it, it would do it a disservice if you have this moment and then, you know, after the credits, you have like, "Hey, it's me." I'm a tiger shark, right? <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm glad that they they found a fitting end for
1: this. They found a fitting end, and it just wraps up everything. So yes.
0: Uh, so unfortunately, we lost a couple people that we got to put in the Marvel Memorial Cemetery. Right, we got to put Chella and Queenie hmm And that is a sad, sad day. So, what should their graves look like?
1: I don't know man I, <laughs> I just literally I think it sums it up best Wakanda Forever man These these characters and the legacies they've created I would just leave it as Wakanda Forever And that—and it leads to why the movie's named so aptly
0: Yeah I think you're right Just a big statue of them um, Maybe like for Rwanda Like a bust of her, her crown Like her headpiece uh, Yeah, you said Wakanda Forever that, I think that sums it up beautifully. You can't do better than that. Um I think it's time that you and I arranged a hot-to-hot Kings don't need advice from Little Hornbills for a star. This is a surprise Lion King podcast, but also <laughs> it's time for us to rate the movie. Uh, so if you're just joining us for the first time, first of all, welcome. Second of all, uh, we rate the Marvel movies on a scale... Uh, zero infinity stones, two six infinity stones, and I really, really like it even more than that, You give it an infinity gauntlet. Uh and last time, uh or not last time, but two times ago on like Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness episode, Ryan, you went all out and you gave it two gauntlets. Uh so that's also uh a new ranking that you need or something. So Ryan, where do you fall on Black Panther forever?
1: What do you give it? I give it two gauntlets.
0: Give it two gauntlets Oh my God
1: I would, only because they had a tall order bringing Namor to, uh, uh, they brought a tall order bringing, uh, uh, Namor to life. So, <laughs> it's, it, I, and, and honestly, I also give them a second gauntlet because there's no, this was a hard movie to do. Oh yeah. Can't say it other than that. Like, I. As someone, as someone, I, I, as someone who you know would love to have been part of this film, um, when presented saying we're moving forward with this film, I would have the hardest time being like, how how can I move forward with this? But and that's the point of the whole movie is how can you move forward? Uh, and it's 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 just a huge and I, I it it just screams like huge passion project and it was so well received it, it's just. It deserves everything it gets.
0: Wonderful, said. Um, I am going to give it an infinity gauntlets as well. I I, I feel like I, I don't want to say it's not good enough for two gauntlets. I feel just in my own headspace. If I'm going to give something two gauntlets, I want I want to save that for something special, and I don't know what that is yet. Um, but I'm not saying it's like an eight out of 10. I'm saying it's a 10 out of 10. Like it, it, is, it is an infinity gauntlet. It just, um, for me, there is, a, it, it's a beautiful, touching, very difficult story to tell. And they told it. And I'm so impressed that a two hour and 41 minute movie wastes of screen time. There's not a line of dialogue that doesn't tell things. There's not a scene that isn't important, there's no filler here. None at all. And for a movie this long, that is damn near miraculous. And then to top it all off, they almost in a way to the Marvel experience, which is uh, when you go to watch Avengers movies or any of the other big Marvel movies that you Civil War, um, it's, it, tends to shine a spotlight on the moments that make the audience cheer. Why? And, and with Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the most standout moments for the most beautiful parts of this movie were the moments that made the audience fall dead silent. And I didn't think Marvel could take us there. And not only did it take us there, but it did multiple times in the same movie. And that is... Just, I, I can't say good enough things about how impressive that is. Like, Ryan Coogler, dude, give this guy best picture. Don't give it to Clint Eastwood movie number three, four, <clears throat> six, five, eight, where he's in a wheelchair and he's he like no, Clint Eastwood, you know, in Right? We don't need that anymore. Just look at what Ryan Coogler has done with this story, with this impossible task that up up for Um... So I am. I'm just in awe
1: of,
0: of what you were able to accomplish.
1: I got nothing but mad respect for the and I can't wait for Black Panther three. The guys of the nihilists, Leslie, <laughs> confirmed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the third one's going to look like, but uh, I would love to see. If, I would love to see it being doomed. But at the same time, we'll have to wait and see. Because now, if they now they know what a true leader is. Uh, I know Doom is a perfect person to challenge that, uh, so. Yeah, Doom really
0: fits the mold here. Uh, and I'm curious, you know, we heard all these rumors about him showing up, uh, I'm glad he didn't, because again, it would have undercut a lot of things that happened here, but where do you think he would have shown up, Ryan?
1: Uh, If In this movie, or, in this or movie. just... Uh, I think he would have shown up in The Last Battle, but... Uh, just mm-hmm. that, like, just kind of like a teaser of like what's coming, like, like, like what what Namor did to Wakanda the first time, in the second battle is what Doom would have did to them, the second.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad let them out. I'm also glad, you know, like I said, they going into some post credit scene. Um, I I love that they introduced new characters, but they were still part of the plot. Again, they didn't waste any time. Nothing was here to just be like, set up a sequel. We got Ironheart and Namor and on and all this stuff. But it's part of this story. Even the stuff with Valentina, obviously it's setting up Thunderbolts and whatever, but it's part of this story. It's not an extraneous cameo like Star Fox. Um, and so I, I think that that's important. Really wise writing choice, and I hope we see
1: more of that. Um,
0: and I'm just, I'm so pleased with this film. And
1: I'm glad we got to see it together! We did it!
0: And now three it. more months, and we're going to jump into the quantum realm. But uh, before that, we've got the holiday special coming up. We've got our holiday special coming up, our uh, Thanksgiving special, where we're going to do our uh, top five... Phase 4 moments. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, you're getting 10 things, because I will have a top 5 that. We'll a top 5. And then you're also getting our New Year's special where we rank the year.
1: <laughs> I don't know how much is going to change my list, but it, there may be some drastic changes. But I, I know you've
0: put Dark World at the very top. <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: But I think that that makes sense, given what happened at the end of shang so I'll give it to you. It to you. Uh, Ryan, where can the people find you when you're not in all as always?
1: As always, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada uh, where I stream on Xbox Canada and you will, right now you'll find me mostly on Thursdays now from 12.30 to 2.30 uh, and then also I do recommend you check out my work YouTube channel because I'm trying to build it up and do cool things with it. Uh, which is uh, YouTube.com forward slash Expert Zone. Expert zone. One word: right. Expert Zone.
0: All right, I'm gonna go subscribe to that right now. I didn't All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Andrew Fantasia, at least until uh, you know bombs Twitter into the ground. Uh, and you can also find me on YouTube and YouTube channel uh, where I just posted uh, a Black Panther video essay about the importance of letting your movie be a longer shorter than it needs to uh, be. And you can find that right there on my channel. And I'll be here talking about Star Wars because Andor came out today episode 10, I'm sorry, episode 11, and 12. And I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to get to And all of that uh, is now, the us. just like that, and Phase Four. And at the end of phase four, we've made it. We survived. We did it. Only did it. 23 more phases to go. And I'm here for it all. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. us make been a good watch. Until next time, please have a marvelous day.